Welcome to another episode of The Russian Sisters. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Anna, and we are The Russian Sisters. Hi, everyone. Hello. So glad to be back with you for another episode. That's right. And we have pop filters, because we <laughs> like to say a lot of P's. Yes. And Q's. Yes. But because we pop a lot, we're hopeful um, that this new equipment will keep the peas from popping in your ear. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's very exciting as we like keep improving the show <laughs> or work to improve the show with the different equipment we have. Yeah, it's a learning process, but it's been fun so far. Totally fun. I'm so grateful for all the advice that we've gotten and the people who are working with us to keep Sound propelling us. Media. Forward, Like, don't talk over Anna. Sound off media. They're really great, though. Check them out. If you're interested in podcasting or stuff like that, you know, just reach out. Yeah. So grateful. Thanks, Alexandra. Yeah. Hey, you guys, did you know what? You probably don't know what just yet. But (laughs) this week we're going to be selling at selling. (laughs) Please don't sell me. No. (laughs) We're going to celebrate good times. It's Alexandra's birthday coming up. Yeah. Happy birthday. Thanks. Little sister. Thanks so much for you. I'm so excited for you to join the era that you are the over the hill club Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and where we can now truly identify with each other's aches and pains. Yeah. Maybe (laughs) we could just say it's the hill club, I guess, because technically I'm just turning 40. Yay. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. It's really an amazing decade. I brought in my birthday by um, hurting my back, just trying to lift buddy out of the pool. Oh, do tell. Well, that's literally what it was. That's all there is to tell. We were at the pool. He wanted to get out. I went to lift him. And then I just let him slide down me because I was like, I can't hold you right now. Go sit over there so I can find where the towels are. Because you broke your back just I trying. Broke my back. I mean, not you didn't really break your back. You it's strained all your back. ab muscles when mm-hmm. it comes to back stuff. Yeah, I don't think I have really good core strength. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. That core. I should probably work on that. Traversus abdominis. I just shitted myself. Oh, don't do that. Yeah. It's not polite on radio. Anyway, radio. How is your podcast? Anna, how are you? I'm doing really well. I have to tell you that this is a great, great improvement since the last time that we talked because the last time we talked, I was in a not good space at all. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was right before spring break was about to happen. And there were a lot of things going on at school. And guys, I was in a very bad way. And I want to let you know about the very bad way, because as I reflect on it now, I I I was thinking about in preparation for the show, reflecting back on our former episodes and thinking like, wow, yeah, there was a lot of major stuff that was happening right before spring break. Mm-hmm. And I was worn out. Mm-hmm. I had hit a major wall and compassion fatigue and vicarious trauma and burnout. Those were some real conversations that I was having with some colleagues at work. Yeah. And with our audience. Yeah. With our team. Yeah. And with our audience as well. We did bring that up. Yeah. And so I just wanted to let you know that it is okay to not be okay, that those things are real and can potentially have some pretty big impacts on a person. I know they did for me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And not just mentally, like not just taking in people's stories and like being impacted and touched by people's stories, but also like 
physical. Like I was having some physical manifestations of just the stress and the weight of everything. It was really fascinating. Like, I don't know if this ever happens to you, but I, my eye was twitching. (laughs) Well, yes, my eye does twitch. I I don't always attach it to emotional stuff or Mm -hmm. mental stuff. I do have some other physical manifestations of what's going on energetically or emotionally for me. Uh, The eye twitching usually isn't one of them, but but that's fair. So you feel like now that you've kind of filled your bucket a little bit, maybe no more eye twitching? I, for a while. I mean, there are two months left to this school year. So I can imagine <laughs> in like two weeks, it might be back. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh-huh. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. But the eye twitch, like, I don't think anyone can see it. Like, I don't think you can see the eyes twitching when I'm talking to you. I mean, it's not happening right now because I feel rested. But when I'm tired and stressed out, it definitely hits me. And I'm like, oh, poop. I probably need to take a moment to myself or a day or five. But yeah, my whole body was tense and my shoulders and back hurt. Like that physical stuff that happens when you're just so stressed out and you don't realize the weight that you're carrying until it's like too late. And then you're like hurting your back at the pool by trying to pick up your toddler. Now, wait a second. Oh, I mean, that could be. Yes. I do feel that sometimes part of my woo woo journey is that I do feel that sometimes injuries are the way the universe is letting us know to pay attention to something. And so not really clear on the back one, unless it was be paying attention to the fact that you're turning 40, mm. but I do, I do have other ones. I was going to say, as far as the eye twitching that I actually did have an eye twitch the other day that I physically saw. Cause it looked like my whole, eye, <laughs> my whole eyelid shifted over my eyes. Oh yeah. It was intense. There. That got crampy a little bit, a little <laughs> bit crampy. Eye. Yeah. <laughs> crampy eye. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, we're good though. <laughs> the hack is good. The eye twitch is good. I'm glad it worked itself yeah. out. I made it to 40. So yay. We're so happy you did. I'm so happy you were born. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Just to. (laughs) (laughs) She's got more. I do. No, no. Keep going. I do. I have a list. I'm reading it because, (laughs) because I also noticed like things don't heal as well. Like when I'm super stressed or worn Mm -hmm. out, like things, especially the last two weeks have been taking a lot of time to heal. Okay. When I fell off the slide at the pool, no, I didn't fall off the slide. I just didn't hit my landing very well. And when I (laughs) fell over and scraped my knee with Buddy that day, like that was a long time ago. The wound is still healing. Yeah. It hasn't completely healed. Right. And so that's just weird. I just notice, tend to notice those things. Right. So if that happens to you, that's okay. You're not alone. You've got me. You've got a friend in me. I also noticed that at the beginning of spring break, well, toward the end of the week, right before spring break, dishes piled up in my kitchen. The counters were just a mess. I had piles of laundry that needed to be done. Like I just let my house go Mm -hmm. in a bad way. And like, I come home and I'm like, there's a smell in my kitchen. And I kept thinking (laughs) of Alexandra. I was like, if Alexandra comes over, she's going to be like, this is gross. There's a smell in your kitchen. No, I would say, Hey, I think I smell something, but I wouldn't say like, this is gross. No, clearly there's no judgment there. No, of course not. You would definitely think it. And then in a polite way, you'd say, Anna, don't you think you need to do your dishes? And I'd be like, (laughs) yes, I know I need to do them. I just have zero energy to do them. And so I even, I didn't even went, okay, I'm stuttering. So when I came (laughs) home that Friday, like we were like, woohoo, school's out for a week. Yay. And I got home. I couldn't even face the kitchen. I couldn't even do it. I was like, so out of it, like in this foggy fog, I just had to like sit in a daze. Yeah. 
And then I, I probably did that for a good 24 hours, just like not even knowing the tornado that I just been through. Every part of you needs to heal. Agreed. Agreed. Including my brain space and my mental well-being. Yeah. There's this term called cognitive overload. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that saddened me about compassion fatigue or vicarious trauma or burnout, and they're, I mean, some are synonymous, but they all mean a little bit different things, is that I wasn't finding things funny. I feel like I would laugh. People would tell jokes and I would laugh. Or if there was something that they came up, I could like, ha ha ha, my way through it. But I haven't had like a good belly laugh in a really long time. Do you think that the situation that you shared, and I'm just going to Briefly, for anyone who hasn't heard our past episode, Anna had at her school some children who thought it was funny to prank about suicide. And that is very triggering for her and for our family. I'd say like for anyone who has to experience that. Do you think there was any little bit of PTSD that might have? Oh, totally. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And I could say, right, as I'm saying, compassion, fatigue, and vicarious trauma, I would also throw in PTSD in there. Yeah. Totally. Because I do know that I suffered that after Sean's death because of the very tragic and traumatic day that that was. Therapists have been like, this is what that is, or these, you know, the symptoms that you have could be this. So I was never officially diagnosed or anything, but I can totally see that the triggers that were Mm -hmm. totally put me into this space Yeah. in addition to everything. Like, because that wasn't the only situation that I was dealing with at school. (laughs) There was, there was like that and 12 other major things happening all the time, all the week. And it just, it was so much like, how does, how do humans handle that? It just keeps going. It does. And you're right for the last little bit of this school year for people have asked me about getting together or making plans. And I'm like, I just think I need to be able to assign whatever certain energy I can to work. And then I need to preserve whatever energy I have left for buddy. I'm like, let's, let's talk again in May. Heck yeah. <laughs> Even though it's not that far away. <laughs> like, can we just talk again at the end of May? That's a good point. I I noticed like I'm make, definitely making vacation plans for the summer, but there's nothing that I'm really planning other than like Easter and working through the rest of Lent and getting to our Easter and then having that celebration. But other than that, I'm like, yeah, I just need to chill. Like the weekends are booked either with church or like family things. But outside of that, I'm like, I just know I have to preserve those those times for bucket filling things. I guess ultimately, as I said in the beginning, I just wanted you guys to know, our listeners, that if you ever find yourself in a space like that where you're like, I'm not okay, it's okay to not be okay, and it's okay to lean on people and ask for help. Now, I am terrible at that, but it got so bad where I was like, I need to tell people my story. I need to lean on my friends. And I know I talked about that a little bit last time, but I have zero doubt that that is what helped me through. In addition to taking some time for myself, just to be by myself, to think by myself, to have no outside noise other than the noise that I wanted to control, like Netflix watching. (laughs) And I, I like sunk myself into that 100%. How did that go? The Netflix watching? Oh, I feel like it was quite successful. Do you have any updates for us? Anna tends to watch Netflix and I tend to go more on the Brit box. I have a thing for British and Australian shows. 
And you can usually tell when I've been watching them for a while because I'll say things like brilliant or as Anna says, jolly. Jolly good. Jolly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I came when I came over to her house, she was like, oh, jolly. Jolly good. <laughs> you have arrived. And I was like, I am present. Mm-hmm. That's really not how that went. <laughs> it's not. But yeah, do you tell. Mm-hmm. Give us some updates on the Schmetschmix. What's funny is right before I left my house to come here, like I finished watching a show on Netflix and then you know how it goes to like previews of other shows and then a preview for Bridgerton popped up and I haven't watched season two, but I did watch season one and I don't know if I'm going to watch season two, but I guess it's an option now if I want it to be. <laughs> yes, it certainly is. I haven't, I haven't checked out the I think I'm going to hold off on that for a little while though. Oh. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. So I sunk myself into this show. I took a break from Columbo because again, (laughs) I noticed, I noticed things were bad when I was like, I cannot watch another episode of Columbo right now. And I, I love Columbo. He's just, it's just an awesome. Columbo and his cigar. He's this little trench coat that he actually bought. Like his clothes, they say his clothes were his clothes and he bought that trench coat. Like, I don't know if he, he was doing theater in New York, but there was like a rainy day so he ran into his store and got this trench coat and that was his signature. Like it was his own trench coat. That's so funny. Mm -hmm. I love finding out stuff like that. Exactly. And while I don't, you know, fully 100% love the racist tones or the sexist tones from the earlier shows and decades, he is endearing just as a character. So I kind of like him anyway. So I knew something was up when I was like, I can't do Columbo and I can't do Dateline. Like even those were going to be too much for me. No, I've been waiting for Anna to say she's over Dateline. Someday, but not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I am refreshed now, so I might go back to them this week. But I, on Netflix, watched Bad Vegan. <laughs> oh, tell me about this, because I keep seeing it pop up. And I know you tend to go for the the documentaries and stuff like that. So tell me about Bad Vegan. Now, is it is it a, is about like someone who like was a vegan and then was not good at it. Okay. At being a vegan or is it about other? Yeah. Right. Like I totally feel like they could have picked a different title for this show. Because <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm like, is it someone who just was a meatitarian or what's the, what's not the meatitarian? What's the flexitarian? That's, flexitarian? Yeah. That's the vegetarian who can cheat and have meat. And I'm like, then don't call yourself a flexitarian. Yeah. Why don't you just call yourself a human who likes to eat? <laughs> All right. Come on. Okay. Now. Okay. Okay. Enough. Why, why do we have to label everything? Enough of my tangents. Tell me about Bad Vegan. Okay. So it is a story about this woman who goes to university in Pennsylvania and is quite smart and it opens up a restaurant in New York, in Manhattan, and it is raw vegan food. So it's like they have a lasagna on the menu, but it is raw and like made with vegetables. Can I ask a quick question? Yeah. Have you ever gone to a raw restaurant? No. Okay. It's, it's crazy how filling it can be, right? Because it's usually they're vegan meals because it's a raw restaurant. But I remember going once with a friend and we couldn't even get through the majority of our dishes because it was so filling. Now you yeah. burn through those calories a lot quicker. It was really interesting how filling it was. I can imagine. And these yeah. plates looked amazing. And so basically it's a story about this woman and she opens up this restaurant. It's super successful. Lots of celebrities are going to it. And then, you know, the side story is that she's looking for love and ends up meeting this guy 
online, like through social media somehow. And he was a friend of a mutual friend of theirs by the name of Alec Baldwin, I believe. And so she's like, oh, I have this connection to Alec Baldwin. um, And this guy seems really funny. And so they started talking online and then eventually met. And long story short, because I'm not going to go into the whole storyline, but basically this woman gets taken physically and figuratively by this guy and he manipulates her like tells her this whole string of untruths about his life creates people who interact with her like creates fake people who interact with her that she thinks are real people interacting with her as a way to control her and then manipulates her into giving him like millions of dollars that she's like taking from the restaurant and funneling to him or take like it ends up that she was getting sued by her employees because they weren't getting paid because she gave money to him and she couldn't afford to pay them it got so bad like he even manipulated her mother into giving him like four hundred thousand dollars and then yeah like it was it's such a crazy story but it's just and I love to your point earlier I love docuseries and documentaries and I am so intrigued especially and I know I've talked about this before but I'm so intrigued by the ones that have these like psychological aspects to them and shocking she watches (laughs) Dateline I'm just fascinated by human behavior and I know like the the employees and the people who knew her before were questioning like how on earth like you're a smart person how could you be so stupid to fall into this trap but as she explains it it's like this gradual manipulation and she's like things yes things were weird and these storylines were weird and I just you know I loved him and so people do weird things when you love them or you think you love them which is true Well, and how do you know? This is the thing. I personally think anyone could have made the same decisions that she did with the information that she had. And when you first meet someone, personally, I am not someone, I don't stalk people. If I, even before I met Sean and was dating, like I, I didn't Google people and search them. Like I had friends who do that, but I just never did. And so you take what people say for face value. And as you're talking, it reminds me, I, have known someone who I just find it very hard to believe anything that this person says. There are certain things about this person's history that I do believe happens, but there's been some other moments where this person has talked about the kind of jobs that they had and how they were really high up their jobs and they were making six plus figures and they, you know, were really well known in their industry and what they were doing. And for some reason I'm like, yeah, but did anyone see you? (laughs) Does anyone have like a record? Do you have bank records that show that you got paid by these high people? Because I personally, like just for whatever reason, don't believe some of the stories this person gives. So, but at the same time, when you're first meeting someone or you're dating or you're looking for the best in people. And if you go looking for something wrong, you're going to find it. But it It's just, I think anybody could have been taken by this guy. I agree. And I think, I I wonder, I wonder, you know, could I end up in that situation? Could people that I love end up in that situation where there's such a desire to have a relationship with someone or to be with this person? And sure, some of the stories might seem outlandish, but you, again, like you said, take them at face value because you don't know any different. And so then before you know it, you're like, 
hooked into this person and then this whole game of manipulation happens. And I think my heart breaks for her on many levels, but one, because she did not know that the money she was sending him was used to supply his gambling habit. And he was just going and dropping tens of thousands, hundreds of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars at casinos left and right and telling her that the money was being used for different reasons or that he was going to die or come to harm if she didn't pay this money. And so she was just so taken in. And before she knew it, like she was in over her head and then they end up, okay. So the bad vegan thing happens because they end up at like a motel in Tennessee and they were in separate rooms at that point. And he orders a pizza on a credit card. And so that's how they tracked him down was via the credit card because he was wanted. There was like a warrant out for his arrest and they tracked him down via his credit card. And then as soon as anybody heard that they were caught because they ordered pizza, then the media ran with it and was like, she sucks as a vegan. And can you believe when she didn't even like even the cops on the show were like, there is no way that woman had any pizza. She says that the doors weren't locked. She wasn't held captive in that way. Like he didn't physically restrain her. He did take her phone at times and she had no money. She had, he was controlling her in that way, but she, she'll admit like the doors were locked. I could have walked away. I had freedom to like go across the street to this Chipotle and talk to the people there. Right. While he was off gambling, but I knew I had to be back because he didn't like me talking to other people or he would have been so mad if he knew I was talking to other people. So there was just such a level of manipulation and control that that's what kept her there. And I think that's one of the scariest things because yes, there's like this level of physical control that can happen, but this mind control is a whole other level and scary. Anyone can do that. And what you do for love and what you do when you love someone, like you said, and anyone I think could be manipulated. Although I have to say, Anna and I recently saw a book called, what is it? How not to fall in love with a jerk. Yes. <laughs> it's supposed to give tips on how to just be so resolute and, and grounded in your own worth to try and make sure that you're making healthier choices when it comes to something like this. And not to, I don't know this woman. I don't know her self-worth. I don't know any of that. But I think that once you're in that mental game, it is really hard to break that. And that's what the abuse is. It's not, it doesn't have to necessarily be physical abuse, but it's mental and emotional abuse. And then you start like, you know, that cycle of that, oh, I made them mad and oh, but he loves me and he says he's going to take care of me and everything's going to be better. And I think, think it's perfectly reasonable that to an extent, I think everybody wants to be taken care of sure, and wants to have someone, you know, have their back. Just this guy ended up having his own back. Yeah. It was a very sad story. And of course, you know, I don't have any proof or anything to say that her story is true, even though her lawyer was like, there is plenty of evidence to show like that she was funneling him money and he was gambling with it. Like there's plenty of evidence. But I think the harder thing for people who know her or knew her to come to terms with was how could you be so foolish? Sure. And again, that's where I'm like, I think it's really easy to make that judgment when you're not in the situation. But again, I mean, this is what scams are right now. Hackers and scammers will call and they know where you live. They'll know what grocery store is closest to you. They'll claim that that a loved one, because I heard this before with it was a grandson or granddaughter who was in a car accident 
And I actually had this happen to a good friend of mine now that I'm thinking about it, who one of them got a call about their daughter had been in a car accident and this guy had insane information and she was like trying to call her husband who's out work and and finally he's like what are they asking for and they had been asking for not money but like itunes gift cards from Mm -hmm. the local store and Mm. he was like no that's but that whole point is that it's the threat of life and at that point you're like there's no amount of money that i wouldn't give to save someone's life and then the scam works yeah and anybody could be bamboozled by that and that just irritates horrible. me. I, I think when Anna was first, and I have to say, I think it's ridiculous that out of this woman's whole story, what, what was latched onto was the fact that the guy ordered a pizza. Like, why do you need to discredit her being a vegan? Like, mm-hmm. why is there, if anything, so she's known for being a vegan and creating some really raw dishes. So let's go and discredit her. I just, it's so interesting to me that it's not like we can't lift her up for what she did and her accomplishments, but we have to find another reason. It's like, it's not bad enough that she fell in love with this guy who bamboozled her and manipulated her, but now, oh, let's discredit you and your food choices. Like, this doesn't make any sense, but we can go down that road another day because Anna knows that's like one of the things that really irks me is how people are constantly just trying to tear each other down and how mean and, and manipulative people are rather than imagine what it would be like if we all just instead tried to lift each other up and say, you've got this versus I feel competitive. So I have to tear you down. That's my competitive voice. I know. And I I don't understand it either. I don't understand what that is about humanity. And I suppose maybe I could read some books about it or watch some (laughs) docuseries that would maybe explain why people feel the need to do that. I mean, some people just aren't well. And I don't know, like the fact that he even bamboozled her mother, right, just points to her credibility. And then he even had an ex-wife who was like, oh, my gosh, like I feel so for this woman and everything she's been through. And so I wanted to reach out to her because I know him. I know exactly what she went through and I know exactly how he is and and how that can happen. And so I guess I'm glad for her, the main character of this real life story, <laughs> that there is another human being out there who has lived the experience very unfortunately, but can bring some compassion and empathy to the situation. So she's not alone. Yeah. I mean, I have my own theories why people do this. And part of it is that you create a society of people who just care about themselves. And so they don't see humanity as a whole group of people. They just see themselves in their family unit and that's it. And that's all they care about. And so it makes it easy to take out other people because it just makes you feel better. We can go into the self-worth thing another day, but what else you got? What else? Yes, but yeah, maybe it is another Oprah. Are people just born that way? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> So what's interesting is, right? I don't I, think so. I don't think people are just born that way. I don't think so me. either. I don't. I don't. I really don't. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Right. I watched this last weekend at the beginning of spring break and then learned this guy was like going and playing slot machines and that he was 
winning like $6,000, $10,000, $12,000 playing slot machines. And like the, the day after I finished watching this show, a friend of mine and I went up to the casinos <laughs> for an overnight getaway. Yeah. I know it was really exciting and a lot of fun just to get out of town for a quick minute. And then as we were walking through all the slot machines, I was like, these are penny slots. I won't be winning $6,000 on them. <laughs> and I can only afford the penny slots. So do you think there was some subliminal messaging in that you're watching this series and then your friend's like, what should we do? And you're like, let's go gamble. <laughs> let's go gambling. I mean, fortunately for me in that scenario, the place was booked before I watched the show. Oh, so okay. Mm-hmm. I see. Yes. But I still went and played the slots anyway, like really trying to channel and hope I was going to win $6,000, but that wasn't in the cards for me. I did enjoy actually like we played a little craps too that's a new game that I learned and then I also sat at a slot for a while and usually like I I don't like going to Vegas and playing the slots because I don't win and I don't understand them I don't understand the like gajillion lines and the 15 lines and the 40 times the credits and I don't understand it but then as I was (laughs) sitting down this last time at the slots and just playing I like sat there and really opened my eyes and I was like oh oh, this is how this works. And then it made me hate the slots a little less. Not terribly. <laughs> I thought you were going to say more. <laughs> Just a little less. I hate them a little less. But our mother did give me five bucks to go up and put into a slot machine and I won some more money for her. So yeah, I came back with a little extra. So that was fun. But speaking of love, so Alexandra has talked about before on this show, a TV show that she has watched called Love is Blind. Time sucker. And I tried not to make fun of her for it publicly. She totally did. And then I was like, wow, you'll never get those moments back. And I'm sorry. And then I ended up watching it. Shocking. (laughs) All all two seasons of it this last week. Yeah, I, I will say that. I did not watch two seasons back to back. And I even went down the rabbit hole of like, they do a year after show and two years after. Yeah, for the first season. No, did not do any of that. Yeah, no, I got sucked in. And at first I was like, oh, here we go. Like I'm not, and I I texted Alexandra and I was like, I'm watching Love is Blind. Thank you so much. And she's like, oh, look who's not going to get that time back now. And I was like, "Uh uh-huh. And here I go. And then I just, I couldn't (laughs) stop watching it. It was like one of those shows and I binged so hard that when I had to walk away and like actually go participate in life in an activity, outside of my home. I was like sometimes thinking about the people on this show (laughs) and what was going to happen to them. Does that ever happen to you with like a really good book when you're reading a good book and you're like, oh, I just want to stop what I'm doing and get back to reading my book? Of course. Yeah. And there are some TV shows that that happens where I'm like, hmm. Yeah. I wonder who done it because I always do the the mystery shows. But yeah, definitely with books. Yeah. Well, when I, yeah. Yes. That Final well, answer. that yes. is what happened to me with this show. And I will say, I asked Al if we could talk about it a little bit when we come back on this episode, because I just found so many things interesting about how they edit the show, how the producers like choreograph the show and the humans that they, I don't know. It's just interesting. There were a lot of similarities between what happened on season one and season two. And because I watched them back to back, I was like, oh, well, that's funny because there's like a couple that's going through the same issues that a season one couple did. Or there's a love triangle in season two that caused a lot of drama, just like in season one. And sometimes it got a little worse. But yeah, there were just like similar personalities and similar matchups and couples. And I was like, man, 
come on, producers. Like if that happens again in season three, I'm going to be really mad if there's a season three. <laughs> but, yeah, well, they did a spinoff. Well, there's like, oh, okay. I don't think I'm all about this new show that mm. the Lachey's are doing, by the way. Ultimatum. Yeah. That's what it's called. It's like one of the people in a couple gives an ultimatum to the other. And so they bring them to this place where other couples have like people have given ultimatums and then they swap them. Well, I don't know that they necessarily swap them, but they put them all out. So, and I think it's around marriage. It's like one person wants to get married. It's either we get married or we break up, but then they put everyone together to try. And again, if you go looking for something wrong, you're going to find it. If you put a bunch of people who are maybe a little insecure about their relationship, there's going to be some shenanigans that happen. So you're putting all of these people who are having these insecurities into an area and then the idea is like the strong couples will come out you know married or whatever Mm -hmm. but then you have temptation like that's all it is is a show about temptation yeah just call it temptation uh, right let's call it what it is and then for me I'm going what is the payout you know is there a payout for couples joining the show is it the notoriety of being on a show is it to be seen is it the 20 minutes because for me if I was going through something in a relationship I don't know that I would say, hey, we're struggling in our relationship. Let's go be on a show that's going to provide more temptation and make our decision harder. Not necessarily harder, but I'm like, I kind of, I would want to hear from these couples of like, what made you decide to join this kind of show? And right, to go in national TV sometimes international TV, you know, you're putting yourself out in the spotlight and you know, in today's day and age with social media, people are going to comment and haters are going to hate. And you know, like people are going to pick apart how you look, how you laugh, how you laugh. <laughs> that was, that was, as we're both laughing. That now, is like. funny because I talked about how people laugh earlier and not necessarily that I was picking apart how people laugh, but I think I was kind of annoyed that like th- this one person was edited such a way that every time she laughed, she snorted and they just like made a point to show that about her character. I'm sure there were many times that she laughed that she didn't snort, but it just made her like then an annoying character. They kind of manipulate how you feel about these, these people based on the footage that they're showing. Well, yes. Are you new to reality TV? I don't usually watch it. I, <laughs> this is interesting because Anna's all about the docu-series and I tend to go more for the reality TV because I was going to say, so the original reality TV show, wait for this, you guys. I don't even remember what year this was, but I could probably look it up, was Joe Millionaire. So anyone who's listening to this right now is like, yes, I remember Joe Millionaire because it was a guy who worked in construction and they put him on a show. It was like the, it was even a precursor to The Bachelor. They got a bunch of ladies and they said, this guy's a millionaire. And they like put him in a suit and did all this. And he picked a woman and then they went and told her, by the way, he's not a millionaire. He works construction. But since then, and this whole idea of reality TV, every single reality TV show is maybe it's not complete. Yeah, I was going to say it's not necessarily scripted, but it is staged. And from what I hear from a lot of people, you don't have phones. You can't like maybe you can have a book, but not really. I mean, everything is watered down. So what is really how is that real? 
right? Even docu-series though, documentaries, like for just about any documentary you find on one topic, you can find a documentary on the opposite topic. I remember this came up with Forks Over Knives, Mm. which was all about that. And then, you know, kind of demonizing the meat industry. But then there was a different documentary that came out shortly thereafter, not demonizing the meat industry. So it's like, Fair you point. can't win. You just have to take it at face value and go for right now, I'm going to lose some brain cells. I'm going to sink into my couch and I'm just going to watch this really crazy show about people attempting to find love in pods. Yes. And this is exactly <laughs> why I had to go through two seasons of it. <laughs> And then talk to my sister about it. Cause I'm like, so we, we were on a journey together in a car and Alexandra was like, Hey, so were there some things that you noted about the show that you, you know, what did you think about this couple and that couple? And I was like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> and she's like, well, what did you think about this in the reunion? And I was like, well, let me tell you. And so to that end, it was kind of fun just to process through or like compare notes on the couples. And, but ultimately, right. I, I always come back to like, these are human beings and yes, they chose to go on the show. They chose to put themselves out there. And I don't know, Mike, my heart hurts when these people get hurt. And then in front of millions and millions of people, it is exploitation. It absolutely is. And I, I'm sure some people don't realize to what extent that is going to be. They might think, Hey, this seems interesting. I'm going to do this. And then it turns out to be something different. But also like you did, you did sign on the line. Yeah. You did agree to you it. Did. Right. Yeah. And that is something I think they talked about on the reunion after season two was like with this one dude that you talked about last time who after the woman said no at the altar, then he was like, whatever. And then he just like dogged on her even more. Like that happened in two instances. And I was like, dang. But they like at the reunion, all the cast characters, people were like, you were not on the right show, dude. Like you obviously should have been on another show tucked yep. away on an island by yourself. Right. It's just, it's interesting to see that. Would you ever go on a reality show? What? I, are you seriously asking me this? I am seriously asking I you. am seriously saying no. What about something like The Amazing Race? I've actually never watched that show. <laughs> but, <laughs> no. But people get really into that. No. When Survivor first came out, I was like, could I go and be on an island and compete in these things? And then I was like, no, I am a Taurus grizzly bear and I like to hibernate and sit on my couch and watch other people do these things. I am a, an awesome spectator. Well, something like Survivor, you have to be super conniving. Oh, I right. Mean, super conniving. I don't even think I would just I joke with people because I was born near of the dog. And so I'm like, <laughs> come on. I'm seriously like a puppy. Come on, you guys. Come on. Let's play. Let's do, come on. Let's have a good time. Can't we all get along? And that. so when people are conniving like that, I just don't understand it because I'm like, wait, but we're supposed to be like, throw me the ball. Let's yeah. play catch. Let's play together. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, Come I'll on, play everybody. together and then yeah. stab you in the back. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. either. But these people play the game and they do it for the millions of dollars or the hundred thousand dollars or whatever minus taxes they end up. I don't know if they actually get money, but then I can see how it potentially opens up other opportunities. That's happened with some of the singing shows where it's like, maybe they don't, Mm. or the, uh uh-huh, I'm really good. Yeah, there you go. The talent shows where it's, you know, they may not win, but they've gotten exposure. Yeah, which I think is cool. Yeah, and I agree. 
Our friend Dana was on the Price is Right once uh-huh. when she was in college. She um, won a car. She won a car and- Recliners. Recliners. Yeah. I sat in those recliners. Me too. <laughs> yeah. And that was decades later. I've known multiple people actually who've been on the Price is Right. <gasps> Get out of town. Yeah. Who've won. Really? And I actually, you and I actually know some people who won on Wheel of Fortune as well. They won a trip. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I was in the audience at a game show once when um, I had just graduated college and I was working in LA for the summer. And as like a trip for the youth that I was working with, we got to go be in the audience at a show. Do you remember the show? Don't ask me what it was. Yeah. It wasn't like, let's make a deal. Cause I totally would have been like, let me stack my purse with bobby pins and all sorts of weird things <laughs> so that I can get on. The let's make stuff. a deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always thought it'd be cool to be on Prices Right. I do too. But then no. Yeah. No, I'm a good spectator. I think in Let's Make a Deal, they always wore costumes too, didn't they? Isn't that one? The, like dress I get up that like one a... confused with what's the suitcase one? Oh, uh-huh. what, which one? The, the, um, the ladies. The Howie. Uh-huh. What was that? Right. You guys are all It was another millionaire. I know. I know. <laughs> shout the answer at us from your couches or uh, while you're on your walk. Yeah. Listening or in your car on the yeah. way to work, listening to us. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was don't like, even who wants- remember the last time I've watched a game show. Was that Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? No, because that one is like the trivia one. Right. I don't know. Yeah. We're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Oh my God, one more story. Oh, and yes, then I know. Please. And we didn't even get to your story. So we'll totally have to do that next time. Yeah, no, we're good. You have my lost story is that I turned 40. So woohoo. Yeah. Should we sing to her, guys? No. You can thank sing to you. her. So please sing to her from where you are. Aww. Just send her that energy. You can send me some good energy. Yeah. I will take that. The love and light and the good vibes. That would be awesome. Okay. So, last story. Yes. So, as I mentioned, friend and I went to the casinos, got out of town, went for a night, and not to Vegas. I just, no. I know we talked about, but there no, are we some li- local live in Colorado. Yeah, there's it's some called- local casinos going up the hill. And so (laughs) we had like a kind of a a general agenda of how we wanted to spend our time together. And a little bit of that might've involved alcohol. And I was like, oh, I want to go to the liquor store so I can get some nippers. Yeah. They're called airplane bottles. For us to have. Anna and I call them nippers. That's what her husband called them too. Airplane bottles. And I was like, no, I don't. Sean used to get on me all the time. He'd be like, those aren't called nippers. And I was like, where would I come up with this idea of nippers? But I did. And he's like, they're airplane bottles. (laughs) No, I for real have probably called them nippers for my entire life that I've known about the name for these little bottles. And that's probably where I learned it. Probably. (laughs) You're welcome, little sister. You are so welcome. I've taught you so many things, including the name Nippers, so you could be fodder for people's mockery. (laughs) Bring it on. Yeah, you're welcome. That's where it came from. So I was getting nippers and I was getting some whiskey nippers and some vodka nippers. That sounds like that song by Chumbawamba. (laughs) (laughs) Remember that (laughs) whiskey drink? I can't drink a vodka drink. (laughs) I don't know if I can even call them band, that group. Yeah, I get knocked down and I get up again. (laughs) True story. Didn't I just talk about that in the beginning of the show? Anyway, so I was getting some whiskey nippers and some vodka nippers, and I'm just going to keep on calling them nippers and you can too. So feel free to take that term and run with it. I picked it up somewhere. Anyway, so I was getting the nippers and I had them all in my little basket and I probably had more than we really ever needed. And so I got into line at a register and there were three registers that were open. And so I popped in the middle line and there was a person at each, like a person buying stuff at each of the registers. So I hop in the middle one because it's going to be my turn next. And then people like populated the lines to either side of me. And just as the 
cashier finishes with the dude in front of me, he turns the light off on his register. And then I'm just kind of standing there, like looking around like, hello, hello. Like someone turned the lights off in the whole place and I'm standing in the dark. And I was like, um, sir, I, I'm in line here. And he probably is about my age or in the same decade as you are about to be also. (laughs) And, um, so it wasn't like there was a big age difference or anything, but he didn't even look at me, no eye contact. Like it essentially was treating me like I didn't exist, which again is another Oprah. I have an issue when people ignore me and pretend like I am not there when I obviously am flesh and blood standing right in front of you. And so I was like, um, hi, like, I'm in line here and I'm like, and, and finally, finally, as he's walking away, like he cleared all his stuff out, no eye contact still, n- doesn't even look at me. And as he's walking by, he's like, you can go in that line. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm watching because now people in the other lines are looking to see what just happened. And he's like, you can go in that line. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. So I joined the other line and I was just, I was so thrown by the attitude. And then this other gentleman came over and he's like, why don't you come on over here? And and he brought me back to the register that I was about to go to. And then he took care of me and let me purchase my nippers for my friend and I to go on our trip. And he's like, yeah, sorry about that miscommunication there. And I was like, yeah, no worries. He was really in a hurry to go out and like gather all the carts outside of the liquor store and bring them in. So it must've been a task that he needed to take care of really badly. Wait, so he wasn't even, it wasn't the end of his shift or something? No. And there was no one behind me. And usually when that happens, like they turn their light off and they're like, here, you'll be my last person, but then I can't take anymore. But no, he would like, he obviously, maybe the guy in front of me was that person for him. And he should have turned his light off before I got into line. But yeah, no, he just, he went outside to gather carts. Or at least to tell you, if he'd already told the guy, hey, you're my last person, Mm -hmm. then at least be like, hey, so sorry, I'm closed. Can you find another lane? Right. That would have been a nice human thing to do. So people, the moral of the story is take care of your humans, (laughs) all humans. We just went to a brewery today to have an afternoon beverage. And there was a sign on the door that says, our wait staff work really hard. And so if you are going to make snarky comments or be rude to them or think that you can do their job better than them, we are currently accepting applications. Smiley face, (laughs) smiley face, smiley face. And I thought that was so clever. I loved it. It was very clever. I'm sorry you went through that because that is something so minor, like just with saying one thing to you could have avoided a lot of hard feelings. Here, here, Alexandra. Yeah. Words of wisdom. Maybe we should start a new segment. Words of wisdom. <laughs> I don't know if you want me sharing them. <laughs> By Alexandra. We'll end up talking about balls and dicks. <laughs> oh, God. Remember that? Oh, boy. I do, too. Yeah. Hey, y'all. It is time for the Sean T. Wyman STW joke of the day. And I got my new joke book in from Schmamazon. So I'm very excited to be providing you new material. You ready? Alexander's ready. She just gave me a thumbs up. So ready. I think we should start with just number one. Last time I was doing them random and I was opening up the book to any place and pointing my finger, but I think we're just going to go in order here for you. You guys won't know the difference (laughs) (laughs) until we start videotaping us. Videotaping. Remember that? It's also known as recording. (laughs) All right. I got to go. All right. So Oh boy. What award did the knock knock joke writer win? I don't know. The Nobel Prize. (laughs) Sean T, that's for you, buddy. That's cute. All right, you guys. We love you so much. Thanks for hanging out with us for another episode. 
And we will chat soon. Remember, you're not alone. You always have us. You reach out to us at the Russian sisters at gmail.com. Hope you enjoy yourselves and enjoy the week. And we'll see you soon. Sounds good. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Russian sisters. For more, go to soundoff.network. Produced and distributed by the Soundoff Media Company. Kids, I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we we the perfect perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous. Or sexy. Catch us on the Dean Blundell Network or on our YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. Because democracy is something you do. I'm Jeff Woods and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.